0: Hi, I'm Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen.
1: And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening.
0: Today, our topic will be on decreeing and declaring the things of God.
2: And our scripture for today is from Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Okay, I am
1: excited about this episode. We're going to talk about decreeing and declaring and how this lines up with God's Word, and also why it's important for us to do it. Mm-hmm. And I love this quote by Kenneth Hagin. He says, You can have whatever you say. You always get in your life what you believe for and what you say. And two verses that help us understand this is the first one Laura's already mentioned, and it's Job twenty two twenty-eight. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. And the other verse is from Mark eleven, twenty two through twenty-four. It says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We decree and declare by faith, but we also must ask the Lord and believe he will answer our prayers. So here's some really good scriptures that I want to read that will help us with our lesson today. The first one is Matthew 7 through. Sorry, chapter seven, verses seven through 11. And it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. And James 4 verses 2 through 3 says, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. There's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. All right, Susan, can you tell us what decree and declare mean?
0: Yes. There is power in the Word of God. After all, God did speak the world into form. That's right. And we were made in His image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning, the words we speak actually have the power to create. If we choose to be intentional about speaking what we want to create and speaking the promises of God to bring manifestation of them in our lives, we have to remember what we do speak has to line up with the will of God in order for it to happen. Right, Decreeing and declaring was a Christian movement, and there are many pioneers who have powerful testimonies of how they were delivered, healed, as well as receiving other miracles. Some of these pioneers are Charles Caps. Kenneth Hagen and Dr. David Yonggi Cho, among others. And Charles Caps wrote a little book called God's Creative Power. This book is full of a description of how God's word is creative power, especially in saying it aloud. He explains that God's creative power will work for you. In this book, he writes, Christianity is called the Great Confession, but most Christians who are defeated in life are because they believe the wrong things. They have spoken the words of the enemy, and yes. those words hold them in bondage. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to read a quote from his book that opens our eyes to a greater understanding. He writes, I have told my people they have what they say, but they are saying what they have. Yeah. That is a very simple truth, but oh, how profound and far-reaching. For as long as you say what you have, you will have what you say. Yeah then you again say what you have, and it will produce no more than what you say. Right? right. And Proverbs 6, 1 through 2 says, You are snared with the words of your mouth. Faith-filled words will put you over. Fear-filled words will defeat you. That's so true. Words are the most
2: powerful thing in the universe. Yes. Yeah, so what he was saying in that quote was, you know, we need to start praying for the things we don't have or haven't seen brought to the earth yet.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And so much of
2: what we pray for we already have. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. The <laughs> Lord's no, like, I can't help you there. Yeah, right. You know, start asking for the things that are in heaven. Start asking for miracles, things right. you haven't seen manifest on the earth yet. Right. right. These are the things we need to start grasping for.
1: And remember, He sees the intent of your heart. Mm-hmm. So if you're praying for a million dollars,
2: God's going to be like, yeah Right. Not the self-centered, yeah. you know, type, Requests. Right. Yeah, right. Or decrees. You know, you're gonna decree the things that you see God showing you. Right. Yes. Because if he shows you something and you say, How's that gonna happen? Don't 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 be thinking that way. Yeah. You need to be saying, Okay, Lord, you showed it to me, I'm gonna start decreeing it. Right. mm mm-hmm. Right. Good. Man is
0: a spirit being very capable of operating on the same level of faith as God. Yep. He continues to write that it is a spiritual law, not theory. It is a fact and it works every time it's applied correctly. God never does anything without saying it first. Mm-hmm. God is a faith God. God released his faith in his words. Jesus imitated his Father, God. He operated in faith principles of Mark eleven twenty three and Matthew seventeen twenty. While he was on earth, he spoke to the wind and the sea. He spoke to demons. He spoke to the fig tree and even spoke to dead men. Sure did. As he imitated God, he was getting the same results as his father. Yeah. In John 14 12, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, shall he do also and greater. Mm hmm. So let's talk about what a decree is. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as an official order issued by a legal authority, a formal and authoritative order especially one having the force of a law. God gave us his word to speak truth and life over our own lives to bless and prosper us, but we need to actually take action and yeah. do it combined decree. yes, with faith combined with faith in God that it will come to pass, yeah. right? A decree is an official order issued by a legal authority. The key part of this definition is then legal authority. For a decree to be official, which means it can be executed, the person issuing the decree must have the authority or the right to pronounce the order. Without authority, a decree is worthless. Right. For example, I could stand up and decree the speed limit be changed from 65 to 75. Ooh, wouldn't <laughs> that be nice? <laughs> While this may be what I want, it's not enforceable because I don't have the legal authority to make that decree. Right. So, declare, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, defines it as to make known formally, officially, or explicitly to make known as determination. A declaration is simply an acknowledgement of something that is. However, a declaration alone does not have the power to cause what you declare to happen. In other words, there's no creative or causative power in declaration. When people decree and declare in prayer, often they do so under the belief that what they decree will come to pass because they have the power in their words to cause it to happen. Right. These phrases can be referenced by looking at scriptures in the Bible. For example, in Job 22.28 it says, You shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. And in Mark 11, 23 through 24, it says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I Thank you. think you just gave us that scripture. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure we repeat ourselves all the time, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're in agreement.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> these prayers need to be read in context, otherwise people would be shouting all kinds of things they want that might not be the will of God for them. Like the million dollars. <laughs> yes, the lotto. I need a Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> you might think all we have to do is say something and it will happen. However, we must take note, especially with these verses in Mark, because this scripture is about faith, which is the catalyst and for any answer to prayer, and is in line with other scriptures about prayer. Yeah. For example, in Hebrews 11.6, And without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Right. And the simple truth and key to answered prayer is having an intimate relationship with God and alignment. In fact, every prayer you pray that is in alignment with God's will, He will answer. That's right. Yep. The purpose in prayer is not to get God to do what you want, which is often at the center of the decree and declare movement. Yeah, it is to align your will with what God wants. So good. Yeah. Uh, when your heart, will, and desires are in alignment with God's heart, God's will, and God's desires, then you will pray and ask, and God will move. Mm-hmm. What God wants all along is for us to trust Him to answer prayer. An intimate relationship with Him and alignment removes the selfish, proud parts of our hearts and puts us in position to trust Him. That's so
1: good. You know, it's very important. As Susan was just saying, it's very important to remember that when we decree something, that we do not put power in the words that we are decreeing, but instead to put faith in God, who is the one who can answer our prayer. Right? The words we speak or decree and declare, should express our faith in God to do what he said that he will do. And it's important to remember when you decree and declare that it must align with God's will for it to happen. So an example, you know, might be that you want to buy a new house. And you've been praying, you've been decreeing, you've been declaring that God is going to provide a way for you to have this house and you gave it a time limit, six months. All right, six months goes by, and you don't have your house. And you start questioning God, why? So you go back to him. And you start retracing your steps and your prayers. And you say, Lord, I decreed and declare that this would happen. And now I'm confused because it didn't happen. And the Lord says to you, I never said it was time for you to move into this new house. You decided. And you didn't wait for my instructions. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that he has something better for you, which is a lot of times. You know, that could be what he wants for you. Or it could be that he is trying to teach you something important. Either way, you need to make sure that you align with his perfect will for you. Because God knows the future and you don't. And when you do it his way, it's easy, it's peaceful, there's no conflict, Mm -hmm. just a knowing in your heart. If you're praying and seeking God about a new house, a new car, a new job, or anything else, it's important to wait for the rhema, that rhema word from him, which is God's spoken word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The one that you know, that you know, that you know came from him because you have this immense peace about it. Then you can get your Bible and start speaking God's word over your situation, and start decreeing and declaring that you will have what you are asking Him for. Just like I mentioned in that quote earlier from Kenneth Hagin, you know, yes. mm-hmm. God will provide it. But you got to do yes. it that
2: way, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It needs to be coming from Him first. That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been four years now since I was introduced to the practice of decreeing and declaring the things of God's heart into the earth. And all three of us, you know, we're probably in the same boat because we were all raised in denominations that didn't teach this, you know, practice in our churches. Definitely. Although we may have, you know, read some passages in the Bible pertaining to this, I know I never just really made that connection to practice what I'd seen being done in the Bible. Right. You know, with how I need to live as a Christian today. How about you guys?
1: Yeah, same. I've only recently
2: learned about decreeing and declaring the things of God, you know.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I didn't know about this and just recently learned as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think Susan and I both learned it through Bible study. Me too. Right. That was me too. You know? In the very beginning of the Holy Scriptures, all throughout the first chapter in Genesis, God spoke things into being. You know, take notice of that. It was His spoken word that moved things and caused them to leap into action. You know, I remember the passage in Genesis 12, in God's promise to Abraham, He says in chapter 12, verses 2 through 3, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed." So this is a promise from God not just to Abraham, but to all the descendants of Abraham, including those who've been grafted into God's family like us.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Now blessings and curses are a little bit different, you know, from decreeing and declaring the things of God, but there are some similarities in how they work. Today we're not talking about blessing or cursing, but making decrees and declaring the things that God places on our hearts to take place in the earth. Both of these things require us to use wisdom in knowing how to put them into action for the benefit of God's kingdom being established here on the earth. That's good. You know, remember Jesus' example of cursing the fig tree? That's Matthew 21, 18-22. Early in the morning, Jesus was on his way back to Jerusalem. He was hungry. He saw a fig tree by the road. He went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And right away, the tree dried up. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree dry up so quickly, they asked. And Jesus replied, what I'm about to tell you is true. You must have faith and not doubt. Then you can do what was done to the fig tree. And you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it'll be done. If you believe, you will receive what you ask for when you pray. Wow. Wow. You know, I bring these scriptures up to focus on what Jesus was saying in His explanation to His disciples. He says in verse 22, If you believe, you will receive what you ask for when you pray. This action was brought about through faith and declaring what was believed and seen by the Spirit of God. And all of these actions of either God or Jesus required faith, wisdom, belief, and the spoken word to accomplish those things. Yeah you know we see them all throughout the scriptures yet for so many years i never thought to ask god if he wanted me to decree things you know to come about for kingdom purposes of course i didn't have a kingdom mindset either right, right? right. i had a church or religious mindset you know and we were just weren't taught to think that way but we are now
0: right. we're yes. being
2: taught those things today right yes. so that brings me back to where i was 4 years ago when i joined our bible study group in 2019 and our Bible study leader Lorna explained that there were several areas of society that the Holy Spirit had really put on the hearts of the leadership team, and we needed to break up into groups and pray over those areas. And so, when we prayed, we were to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to the group that He wanted us to be a part of, because there was different categories. And I can't remember all the specific groups, but one of them was government. One was about abortion and women who have had miscarried. Uh, one was entertainment and the media, and mm-hmm. the group that I was drawn to was the Ecclesia, the church. And, you know, I knew immediately that that was where I was supposed to go because I'd had a burden for the church for many years. You know, our, our groups were formed. We met and we began praying over each of our subjects. Each of us individually prayed at home, asking the Holy Spirit to bring words or phrases or scriptures to our minds that pertain to the group that we were focused on. And then we came back each week, to Bible study, and we shared the things that were impressed on our minds. It's good yeah. Yeah, that they, they, they did yeah It was a strategic way to do this. Great you know? exercise, you know. And we formed this list of words and scriptures, and amazingly, like as the Holy Spirit always is, yeah. the words and the scriptures all lined up with each other, and we were strengthened and united in our passion for that area of interest. Yeah. And then, because we had a word from the Lord, right? you understand? So then after a few weeks of seeking these things out, we came together as a team and we we crafted and wrote a prayer that we would decree and declare over that area together as a group, as well as individually at home in our personal prayer times. And this was really powerful because it was a great exercise of faith and unity in the Lord.
0: Yes. Yes, it was.
2: It was really cool, you know, how we made these declarations as a group together while at Bible study, but then we continued to decree them all throughout the weeks. And then over time, we saw evidence, like we saw the changes in what we were praying for and things shifting according to what we prayed. I mean, nothing elevates your faith like seeing your prayers being answered, right? Right. Like, there's the evidence right, right. in front of you, like, whoa, yeah. did that just happen? Yep. Yes. You know, and it's like, yes, Lord. And you start believing what He says, right? you know? And today I continue to practice this at home in my, my time of worship. You know, there are things that the Holy Spirit's brought to my mind or words that Yahweh speaks to me and shows me of what I'm to decree and declare into the earth. You know, in the mornings in, a, in when I spend time in my intimate prayer with the Lord, I ask Him what's on His heart each day. I write everything down I hear Him saying to me and I keep it in my journal. And then I go back over those things that He's telling me and showing me that needs to be done. And then I begin to make those things, you know, my own personal declarations into That's the right earth. Yeah. So what I am doing is just practicing what Jesus showed us to do in the Lord's Prayer. You know, we went over it in the last episode yeah. about the Lord's Prayer. Right. And Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May what you want to happen be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. So I'm just bringing the things the Father reveals to me, either in his scriptures or reveals to me personally my prayer time. And I'm decreeing those things be brought to the earth and make earth look and function more like heaven. Yeah. Man, if we all got that
1: concept. Right. It's just a simple concept and God's asked us to do it.
2: We're getting it. We're getting it. Yes, we are. We're getting
1: it. All right, so many many of you have heard of Dutch Sheets, and I think we can all say that here that we love him. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has a little segment that he does every day on YouTube, and it's called Give Him 15. And I found a really good one that he just recently did back on January the 11th of this year, 2023, and it, the title of it is Why Do We Decree and Declare? That's what we're talking about. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to read part of what he said because it's really good. So Dutch says, Jesus spoke a death sentence to a tree, and, and Laura Read that, read that scripture verse, yeah. yeah and of course it died he also spoke to a storm commanding it to be still he even addressed a corpse giving it life and one of his one of his disciples also did this mm-hmm. jesus knew that nature and dead people weren't hearing him right? Mm-hmm. right but that his words were releasing power of the holy spirit to impact these realms so our words when they are god's words and the holy spirit leads us to speak them they release divine power. When scriptural principles are followed, the spoken word is a powerful weapon of intercession. We must stay within the parameters of biblical teaching and the leading of the Holy Spirit. The word of God on our lips is a powerful thing against Satan, as Christ demonstrated. So God honors his word above his very name. A person's name means nothing if his word can't be trusted. When we consider the Word of God as unfailing and all-powerful, we're giving Him the greatest honor that we can give. We are stating that we know that He cannot lie, that His Word is eternal, and that He can be trusted. So we use God's Word as a weapon, right? Yes. And here are some decrees that, that God showed Dutch in a dream, and He asked Dutch to speak these things. So Dutch had a dream about doors that I want to share with you, and he says, Regarding the first door, we decree that Satan's ability to devour and destroy America will no longer be successful. These are really good mm-hmm. examples of how we are to decree and declare. So I right. want to say that. So here we go. We speak to his door of access and command it to close. We declare our faith in the mercy and blood of Jesus that God has heard our our repentance offered up by millions of believers on behalf of America's sins and is healing our land. And we decree that people in government and business will no longer feed our nation to the dragon through sins, compromise, and unholy alliances. We decree that their evil will be exposed, their funds will dry up, and their influence will end. We close the door to their control. Regarding the second door in this dream, we decree that the evil pictured by Nero, which is violence, lust for power, tyranny, murder, persecution of the church, And insane laws and edicts will no longer rule America. We close the door to spiritual powers causing this destruction. We close the door to the destruction of our children, families, our homes, our cities, and our nation. And regarding the third door, we speak to the door of promise, the door of awakening and transformation of nations. We command you to open. We call forth revival refreshing, remodeling, and reformation into America and the world. We prophesy to the wind of God. Blow on the dry bones of America and the world. Reconnect our scattered bones. Breathe life into us. Make us a great army. Salvation, healing, purpose, and destiny are in this wind. We decree its release now in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
0: Right. Yeah,
2: I just keep seeing the vision of was it Elijah that yeah. spoke to the dry bones? Yes. And God commanded him, "Speak to the bones and bring them back to life." That's right. And I just, I mean, that was right there in the scriptures all along. Yeah. But don't we see that example that we need to follow? Yeah. And we just haven't gotten it. But I think the Lord's bringing it to our attention now, like, now is the time to learn how to decree and declare right. into the earth, and you're going to make it happen with your right. words. Right. That's what He created us for. Right. Yes. We're made in His image.
1: Don't y'all think that that's the way that we're supposed to be, decreed and, yeah, and Yeah, and we're in such a state kind.
2: right now yeah.
0: of you know darkness that... Right. We have to stand up. We're not
2: to be cowering in a corner. Right. We're to be standing up on the corner and decreeing and declaring things into the earth so that we can change this world for the better and not hide away. Right. Right. It's time to stand up, people. Yeah. That's (laughs) the kind of decreeing and declaring that we need to be doing. Yes. Exactly. God's God's commands. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: And I also want to share a quick story that Dutch mentioned. He said, back in 1980, there was a farmer that found himself with his Bible, Praying over his crops, and he was reading God's word over his field of crops and some pesky flies that were invading it. He read the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 concerning his crops. He said, "Blessed shall be the produce of your ground. The Lord will command the blessing in all that you put your hand to, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the produce of your ground." And he also read Psalm 91:3 concerning the flies. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. And those pesky flies are definitely pestilence. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And guess what? The flies died and the crops lived. There is power in what we speak when it lines up with God's word and his will with our lives or over our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I believe it. You know, this reminds me of the race test. That Kathy oh, yeah. and I learned about at a conference we just went to recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This test demonstrates the power of negative speech as well as the power of positive speech. So Dr. Mazarahu, Mazaru? Masaru Emoto, Masaru who is a Japanese scientist, placed equal portions of cooked rice into two separate containers. On the first jar, he wrote the words, thank you. And on the second jar, he wrote the words, you fool. He then instructed his students to say these words out loud every time they walked past the jars. They did this for 30 days. After those 30 days, the rice in the jar that said thank you had barely changed. But the rice in the jar that said you fool turned moldy and rotten. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Power of our words. There was another test done by Pastor Gary Townsend, and he also used rice in his experiment. But he wrote... Not spoke. He wrote on each jar, "I love you," and the second jar, "I hate you," and the same thing happened. Even though no one spoke the words out loud, this is from the intent of our hearts. Yeah, mm. there's a scripture Isn't that somewhere. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But
1: there's a scripture somewhere that talks about the intent of your heart, and that's a good example of it. Right. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. Awesome. It goes back to this: our words have power. Yes. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier. That there are many pioneers to the word and faith movement. I just want to bring up Kenneth Hagen again and brief you on his testimony, but it's so good. You should go listen to it and look it up for yourself. Mm -hmm. He was born in 1917 in McKinney, Texas. He was born with a deformed heart and what was believed to be an incurable blood disease and wasn't expected to live. And at age 15, he became paralyzed and bedridden. The doctors had said he could die at any moment, mm-hmm. so he used any time he had to read the Bible. Wow! I think he even started in the New Testament because he didn't think he had, <laughs> would that live long enough, enough to get, re- yeah. Yeah. get
2: through the whole Bible. Right. Wow.
0: He began reading and came to Mark 11, 23-24. What things soever ye- you desire when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you shall have them. It branded itself on his mind and was the answer to his healing, he says. He began speaking the word of God. In April 1933, during a dramatic conversion experience, he reported dying three times in ten minutes. Wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Each time seeing the horrors of hell and then returning to life. Uh. But in August 1934, he was miraculously healed, raised off of a deathbed by the power of God and the revelation of faith in God's word. Jesus appeared to Reverend Hagen eight times over the next several years in visions that changed the course of his ministry. It's wow. amazing. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. And another pioneer was Charles Caps. His testimony was more about how he went to God asking favor by setting a fleece out, just as Gideon did in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what this meant until I went back to read about Gideon again. Mm-hmm. And Gideon asked for multiple signs from God to see if God was really speaking to him. He put a fleece before the Lord when God divided him to gather the Israelite troops to defeat the Midianite invaders. He wanted to be sure he heard his voice and that he understood his direction. So he put a piece of wool out this fleece overnight and asked God to make it wet while keeping the surrounding dirt dry. God graciously did, and it was soaked. Wow. He asked another time and again God was patient and complied. Later Jesus said a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Jesus already gave many signs himself with the miracles he performed. So Charles Caps chose to do the same thing and set a fleece out before the Lord about a business deal. Oh wow. <laughs> he invested quite a large sum of money in a joint business deal instead he got fleeced <laughs>
2: <laughs> he got fleeced we're gonna start a new phrase yeah. he right. got fleeced <laughs>
1: Just think about that you know whatever you want to start doing in the power right. of your words you've got to line it up with what we've been saying through this whole episode it has to be his word it has to be the rhema it has to be yeah. his will
0: for you and stop looking things. stop looking for signs yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly right. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In whom the God this world hath blinded the minds of them, which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Yeah. Paul said, Satan is the God of this physical world, and he knew the fleece I had put out. So Charles soon found a better way to find the will of God. Yeah. In John sixteen thirteen, it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. Yeah, it's not a name it
2: and claim it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So Charles experienced a lot of financial loss, let's just say. He sold his farm and invested the money in this business, and he lost all the original invested money as well as $25,000 more Mm -hmm. Wow! back when, too. Through the confusion the enemy caused, he lost faith and turned negative on life. He thought God had done this to him, an exact thought Satan put in his mind. Oh, yeah. All right. After several months, he realized that the negative thoughts in his mind didn't agree with the word of God. The enemy tried to convince him that he failed God and that was the reason he lost money and God was mad at him. Does this sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. One of Satan's favorite lies that he uses is to bring condemnation and confusion to God's people. Yeah, he wants to flip it around on you. He always yeah. wants to make it, well, God did
1: this to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right.
0: It's never God. Did God really say? Yeah. You know, heard right. that before? Yeah, Qu- question God. Right. And then a Baptist man came to his house one day and dropped off some books. This was Kenneth Hagen. Uh. One of the books was we're coming, titled...
1: We're coming full circle here. Right, right.
0: One of the books was titled Right and Wrong Thinking, which Kenneth Hagin wrote. And this one statement in the book stuck with him. People think wrong, believe wrong. And when they believe wrong, they act wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a light switch went off in Charles caps and referred to Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Yeah. You know, I think Charles Capps even said at one point when he was praying, God, this isn't working. And God said to him, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's what he heard him say. And Charles said, I'm praying. And God said, no, you're not. You're complaining. <laughs> oh, wow. And God said, who told you it wasn't working? And he said, the devil. He, Charles Capps. Mm-hmm. You know? And then he said, God said, quit telling me what the devil is saying. Wow. I would appreciate it if you'd quit telling me what the devil said. Then he spoke into my spirit, into Charles' spirit, things that totally transformed his life. He said, I would appreciate it, like I said, if you quit telling me about the devil. Now you've been praying for me to prosper you and get the devil off of you. I am not the one who is causing your problems. You are under an attack of the evil one, and I can't do anything about it. Wow.
1: That's God penalty. right?
0: Yes. You have bound me by the words of your uh, mouth.
1: That right there. Right.
0: And it's not going to get any better until you change your confessions and begin to agree with my word. You are operating in fear and unbelief. You have established the words of the evil one in your behalf. By your own mouth, you have released the ability of the enemy. And if I did anything about it, I would have to violate my word and I can't do that. Oh my
1: gosh! The part where you said that God Himself said, "You have bound me," mm-hmm. so yes. we can bind God from helping us because by of what our we say.
2: Yeah, by because the words God, we say are
1: the things we believe.
2: Yeah, and because God is a God of order, right? Right, and He has a government, and the government has laws. Yes, and God's laws are not going to contradict what He's set up. Right. You know His, and so when we say, if we're we're set up and created in God's image. To speak his words and his decrees and his declares. It declares, I said it backwards. (laughs) But we're made to be like God and to speak with authority the things that he wants us to do, right? right? Right. And so if we're contradicting ourselves, We're breaking his law. He can't. He he won't go go around that word. Right. Right.
1: If he's spoken it, he is not a liar.
2: Right. God does not lie. Right. Mm -hmm. He does not lie. And we need to understand God's government. We need to understand His ways. The ways of Yahweh. That's what He says to me all the time. Walk in the ways of Yahweh. Right. So we're learning now. I really believe as we leave this church mindset and go into the kingdom mindset. Yes. We're learning to walk in the ways of God. Right. We're learning His order. We're learning <laughs> to be really wise about really seeking His truth and right. walking in that way, rather than walking in the ways of man and the things that have been set up by churches. Because look at where that's got us. Right. And right. It's, it started out good, Yeah, but it's deviated off the path. Little uh, by little. Right. And now it's a lot. Right. And then it's like, wait, this is not Right. You know, so we really need to look to God and Him only, right? And look at His order and follow that.
1: It's the story right. that we heard. in our Susan and I went to a conference recently, and the lady's husband was a pilot, and mm-hmm. it's it's veering off. If if he veered off of his flight path, I guess mm-hmm. we call it that, one degree, where would that take him? It wouldn't take him to his destination, mm-hmm. right? Go so off in another direction. Got, right. we, you would end up somewhere else eventually. So think about that and. What we've done. So if we veer off the path that God has meant for us, which is the good path, it's the the one where we don't have any of these bad things that we've experienced and feel. If we stay on His path, then we're going to experience joy, peace, love, grace, mercy, all those things are going to be we're going to be all good. those
2: things fall in place. But if right. we get off
1: one degree, which our churches do, they they take us down a path because of their interpretation of His word, or you know our government, they get off one degree and then look at where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, we are right. a mess because or, we have gotten off of what God meant for us right. to do. And
0: our educational system. Education, family, all of
2: it. Yeah. All mm-hmm. the set of yep. mountains.
1: Every one of them. We yes. were in a mess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. But he's getting us back on track. Yes, yeah, he, he sure is. sure is. So, back to Charles, right?
0: He knew instantly this was the truth. So, mm-hmm. he began digging into the Word of God to see what he was missing. Yeah. He had no idea he could have what he said as it aligned with the will of God. God told him, I am for you. I want to prosper you. But I want you to do it in a way that will work an eternal value in you by using your faith and acting on your word. The power of binding and loosing is not in heaven, it's on earth. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. Study and search my word for promises that pertain to you as a believer. Make a list of these and confess them aloud daily. They will build into your spirit over a period of time. Then when these truths are established in your spirit, they will become true in you. God's word is true. So good. That's good. Yes.
2: You know, in John five nineteen, it says, Jesus answered, what I'm about to tell you is true. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. What the father does, the son also does. So this is how we, as Chris, you know, Christ followers, are to practice and do as His ecclesia. Again, what Jesus called His church was the word ecclesia, which was a governmental term, meaning He wanted His church to be a ruling and a reigning body here on the earth, making the earth the government of God's kingdom. Yes. And what we see in our world today is not a government that reflects the kingdom principles set up, you know, for us by God. Right. Originally, it was. But it's not right. functioning that way today. Right. And what we see around us is what we've allowed it to become as the church. We've allowed, it, allowed this. Yeah. You know, if the church mm-hmm. realized our identity and our authority that we have in Christ and united together to decree and declare the things on God's heart, we would be an unstoppable force that the rest of the world would have to reckon with.
1: Oh, amen to that.
2: You know, I'm definitely right. not suggesting that the church repeat the horrible mistakes that we made in the past during the crusades or the Spanish inquisitions. Oh, yeah. Those were passions placed in the wrong hands and definitely not in God's hands. You know, those were man's ways, yeah. right? You know, my suggestion would be that all believers practice as groups and individually the pursuit of intimate prayer with the Lord, seeking out his heart his desires and begin decreeing and declaring the things that the Father's, you know, what the Father puts on our hearts right. for this world. We need to be united in prayer and ask for a renewed vision of how He wants our churches to be conducted. You know, to ask Him to show us ways in which we, God's people, can penetrate these seven areas of influence that penetrate the culture of every nation. This is, you know, what Johnny Inlow talks about, the yeah. seven mountains. It's in, in the scriptures. Yes. So one of them is education. The second is religion, family, business, government, and military, arts and entertainment. And the seventh group is media. Yep. You know, because Johnny Inlow, when he teaches on that, he calls it the seven mountain mandate. That's what, you know, it was a mandate from God. Right. You can find out more about his information on his website. It's restore seven the number seven dot org. Yep. This is a prophecy that he received from God, saying the same God that has the answer to our need for a Savior is also inviting us to access His answers for every problem in society. Yeah. And Ephesians six twelve says our fight is not against human beings; it is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. Right. So it's our job as God's ecclesia to be united by the Spirit of God and fight these evil forces of darkness and take back this world for the kingdom of God to bring the things of heaven to the earth. And as we decree and declare God's commands to be done on the earth, nothing will stop us. Just as Jesus said in Matthew sixteen eighteen, he said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That is so good. Yeah.
1: So good. All right. So the Lord gave me an amazing prophetic word on January the 13th of this year, which again, 2023, and this is what he said. As darkness and evil continue to cover the earth, my light shines and it will overcome all of the darkness covering the earth. The darkness and evil will not be able to escape my light, for it carries my glory. And with my glory comes peace, love, joy, and many wonderful things from heaven. The day of truth is almost upon you. And when this day comes, everything as you now know it will completely change. I have spoken that your world will be completely turned upside down. That is what many people will think. But I am coming to turn things right side up. Amen. Yes. Yes. No one will be able to escape the mighty changes that are coming. There is no detail that will be left out. Division will turn to peace. Hate will turn to love. Sorrow will turn to joy. Prodigals will return home. Destruction will turn to rebuilding. And finances will be restored. Health will be restored. Government will be restored. Families will be restored. And hope will be restored. So much more. Mm -hmm. There's nothing too hard for me. And as I speak these words, so shall You decree and declare them. Nothing will escape my notice. A cleansing is taking place. The enemy knows this and he is fighting against it, but he will not win. My children, take heart. I am a God that will deliver every promise I have made. You are experiencing the evil darkness like never before. It is surfacing like never before. He is no longer trying to hide himself because so many are accepting his evil ways, his lies. But I have heard the prayers of my righteous ones, and you will see my light and my glory wipe out every trace of darkness and evil, and together we will defeat the enemy. I am with you, I hear you, I see you, and I love you. Nothing is too hard for me. Nothing and no one will be able to escape my wrath and my judgment. It is coming. Hold on to me. I am coming to deliver you out of this evil era. Seek me. Seek my light. Victory is coming. Whew. Wow. it's good. We are yes. to decree and declare what God has already spoken. So, you know, over the past seven months or so, the Lord has been speaking to me and Laura and, and other prophets as well, that we're entering into a new era. Mm-hmm. The old way that we did things is going away. God's preparing us now for these new changes that are coming. And before we talk about this, I want to say that a lot of people think that we are living in the end times, and we are to expect nothing but the doom and gloom, right? Right. And all of our suffering will continue to get worse. The only way we will get out of this is when Jesus comes back, All right? I've heard that for a long time. Oh, me too. My whole life. All right, so we have been living in the end times for longer than any of us have been alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing it my whole life. And no one knows the day that Jesus will return other than God. Right. And in the meantime, we are to do what God asks us to do from the beginning. And Johnny Enlow talks about this too. In Genesis one twenty eight, it says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. 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 And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Nowhere does it say that when we think it's the end times, we're to just give up and wait for Jesus to come back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just supposed to sit here and just let it all All the bad stuff happened to us. Sit on the sofa. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Watch another TV show. (laughs) Right. We are to rule and reign. That's what his word says. We are to subdue every living thing that moves on the earth, and that includes our enemy. Right. And scripture also says Jesus is coming back for his perfect bride. This is the other part that people don't remember or think about. His perfect bride is his church. And I think we can all agree that the church is not in a good place right now. Yeah. And here are some scriptures that talk about this. So 1 Corinthians 1, through 7-8. So that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there, we're to be blameless. Philippians 2.15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We are the lights in the world right Right. now, right? When it's ecclesia At its worst, we shine the brightest. We shine. People look at other people that have God in them. And and they see his light in us. Mm -hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. And we're the bride of Christ, right? Right. So Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water, washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having any spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Okay, 1 Thessalonians five twenty three, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we are to be our whole spirit, soul, and body are to be blameless before Jesus comes back, okay? 1 mm-hmm. Timothy 6, 13 through 15, I give you charge I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot and rebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Which in his times he shall show who is the who is blessed and only how do you say that, Laura? Potentate? Potentate? Potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Second <laughs> Peter 3, 13-14, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, he be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And in a final verse from 11, Revelation 19-7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife, the bride, the ecclesia has made herself ready. Mm -hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. All right. So you can see that there are plenty of scriptures that talk about Jesus coming back for a spotless, blameless bride that has made herself ready. That is what we should be focusing on. And I said all that to say, we have work to do. We need to listen to God's prophets to show us what needs to be done. We need to partner with God to help him set things in motion to get the bride of Christ ready for the return of Jesus. We need to be praying and seeking the wisdom of God. God's prophets are speaking that big changes are coming and that the enemy will be stopped. That's what we need to focus on right now. So let's imagine, let's imagine these things that God has spoken for a few minutes. All right. One of the things he said in the word that that Jesus gave me earlier, division will turn to peace. Wow. It doesn't seem like this could ever be possible. But nothing is impossible with God. Mm-hmm. Hate will turn to love. That's a big one. Hate needs to be eradicated. It needs to be replaced with the love of God. Sorrow will turn to joy. Think about how much sorrow is in our world today. Sorrow causes depression and so many other things that make us sick. God is going to turn it into joy. Praise his holy name. Yes. Prodigals will return home. and I love this one. Keep praying and keep standing on faith. God is bringing our loved ones back into not only our life, but God's loving arms. hmm Destruction will turn to rebuilding. All the hatred and division has caused so much destruction. But God has made us a promise that we will rebuild everything. Finances will be restored. So many have lost so much, not only in the last few years, but even before that because our enemy has been trying to destroy us our entire life. I can't wait for this one. Mm-hmm. You know, families will be restored. How many of us have loved wait, ones? Yeah. How many of us have loved ones that the enemy has driven a wedge between and we never thought we would see or speak to them again? God's going to change
2: that. That's yeah. yeah. what love
1: does. That's right. Yes. Hope will be restored. That's a big one. I love this one. So so many people have lost hope because we are still living in an evil era where suppression, oppression, and depression weigh us down. But our God is coming to restore our hope. And when Jesus spoke this word to me, he said, There is nothing too hard for me. As I speak these words, so shall you decree and declare them. Mm-hmm. God is so good. Yeah. Yes. He spoke it, and he asked us to decree and declare these things. This is us aligning with the heart of God. So let's do it. The three of us are going to decree and declare these things together right now. Are you all ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Here
0: we go. Father, Father we, we decree, decree and, and, declare and declare that, that division, division will turn, turn to, to peace.
2: peace that what the enemy meant for harm, you will use it for good.
0: We decree and declare
2: that hate will turn to love. Lord, in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, you say, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, Father, we choose to love and not hate. Lord, we decree and declare that sorrow will turn to joy. Jeremiah thirty-one thirteen says, For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. Yes, we want the joy of the Lord. We decree, we decree and declare that all the prodigals will return, return home. Your word says that, that all things are possible for those, those who believe. We believe that all prodigals are returning home to, and you, and you, Lord. to you, Lord. We, we decree, decree and declare that all the destruction will turn to rebuilding. In the mighty name of Jesus we call peace down from heaven to cover all of the earth. earth
1: that all destruction will stop right now and be replaced with the peace of
2: God that surpasses all understanding. We decree and declare that all finances be restored to every single person that the enemy has stolen from.
0: We decree
2: and declare that every family be restored and that your love flows like honey in each of our homes, Lord. And we decree and declare that all hope is restored Isaiah forty thirty one says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint.
1: Our hope is in you, Lord. Wow. That was so good. Yes. Our words are powerful, mm-hmm. and it is past time for us to start using them to defeat the enemy. Decree and declare that today, you are no longer going to listen to the lies of your enemy, the devil. But instead, put on the full armor of God and start decreeing and declaring the new era we are entering into is going to be good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whew, that's a good one. This mm-hmm. is a good one. All right, so that's all the time we have today.
2: And New Wineskins will be the topic or the title of our next episode. Right. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture from Proverbs 18, 21. What you say can mean life or death. And those who speak with care will be rewarded. That's good. Yes.
1: All right. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. We thank you so much, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to reference that book that Susan was talking about earlier by Charles Caps. It's titled God's Creative Power. And there was a couple of resources we used. We mentioned earlier,
0: we'll put the links to each one of those in the comments section of this episode. Mm-hmm. And before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe.
2: We would appreciate it very much. And thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at pure truth podcast three, the number three, at gmail.com.
1: All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is
2: kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank
0: you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy.
2: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?
0: trick-out.